is The Chris Abraham Show. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 16 of The Chris Abraham Show. This is, this show is about um, a episode of On the Media I heard this morning on NPR, and it had to do with sanctuary cities, and it had to do with the uh, shipping and busing and flying of immigrants and refugees and migrants from border towns to places like Martha's Vineyard, Chicagoland, New York City, D.C., San Francisco, Los Angeles, etc. These are historically called sanctuary cities, and while Martha's Vineyard is not a sanctuary city, it is being um, clowned for its tenancy, like a lot of people in my Arlington and in Maryland as well, of people who have posters on their property that say, we are a safe place for immigrants and migrants and tired people. Please come upon our shores, etc. So the episode this morning was very interesting, and I will include it in the show notes, and you will have to wait till I come back after this break. I We'll go into it, but the TLDR, Too Long Didn't Read, is uh, no matter how much you rationalize or demonize or vilify uh, DeSantis and Abbott, etc., for their um, trucking, if you will, um, undocumented immigrants, even though they are um, refugees and migrants, and immigrants, and not quote-unquote illegal aliens, it doesn't matter. You can't rationalize into it. And at the end of the day, um, illegals is a broad umbrella for anybody who didn't come to America through the very restrictive immigration and nationalization process. Um, so, for example, underneath illegals, there's no separate space amongst conservative people for concepts of migrants or refugees or people who are fleeing oppression. Uh, they're all considered illegals. Anybody who, quote unquote, stormed the border, flooded the border, even people who came here, uh, a new waves of people coming here from Cuba and um, the Caribbean and etc., are just labeled under illegals. And you can't dispel the fact that people think it's freaking funny. They like it when uh, people who say, uh, you can have everything I, uh, you can have everything of mine. I am on your side. I'm an ally are um, pressed to, instead of crying uncle, yelling NIMBY, not in my backyard, NIMBY, and physically doing things that are protesting too much and in fact showing that their uh, liberalism, their um, 
joie, their, their, their love of life, their love of people, their compassion, their, um, their largesse is, um, merely, merely, it merely belongs on, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter and Facebook, uh, and Instagram posts on posters on your lawn and, um, and, and, and pretty words. And that's the kind of, uh, punked that really the, uh, the left is not ready for. They're not ready to be called upon, uh, their, their, their desires, um, if fulfilled are not, are no longer their desires. And so we'll go into that. See you in a second. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. By the way, uh, Welcome Back Carter was a TV show from the 70s, I think. Hey Google, what year was Welcome Back Carter on television? 1975, on the website abcnews.go.com, they say, Welcome Back Cotter was wildly popular during its years on the air from 1975 to 1979. From left, Robert Hegeis, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, John Travolta, and Ron Palillo. Hey Google, what was the plot of Welcome Back Carter? On the website imdb.com, they say, a compassionate teacher returns to his inner city high school of his youth to teach a new generation of troublemaking kids. Gabe Cotter is a high school teacher with a bunch of unruly students in his class. The student troublemakers are led by Vinnie Barbarino, who has a knack for rhyming insults. People also ask me, what is the story behind Welcome Back, Cotter? Want to hear the answer? Yes. On the website asliceofbrooklyn.com, they say, when trying to write the theme song for the show, singer, songwriter John Sebastian couldn't find any words that rhymed with Cotter. Otter, blotter or daughter didn't work, so he changed the feel of the song. He wrote a sentimental song about a teacher going back to his alma mater, i.e. welcome back. Thank you. Just doing my job. So, I was going to say that Welcome Back Cotter is sort of a representation of the mid-70s of a of what I was brought up to believe. I was born in 1970, and I was brought up in New York until I was six, and I was made to believe that America is a mixing pot. America is a, is a, um, a, a blended stew. America is a, um, um, hey Google, what is the concept of America being a mixing pot? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. Anyway, I'm using mixing pot is not the right word, but the term, you know, the concept is, is that we're a, a giant stew filled with many different flavors and colors and tastes and so forth. And that we are a cohesive stew that is America. So my, 
belief was never about an America being all white. And when I moved to Hawaii when I was six in 1976, it wasn't all white. It was mostly brown. Um, and, and, you know, it was funny because in Hawaii, everybody talks about a thing called FOB, fresh off boat. And there's a much different perception of self between people who are localized Hawaiian Americans, localized Japanese Americans, localized Filipino Americans, localized Tongan Americans, localized Chinese Americans, localized Guamanian Americans, etc. And the, you know, Filipinos and Tongans and and Tahitians and Samoans and Guamanians and so forth who who uh who immigrate there and they come right off the bus, right off the boat and they are have nothing in common except physiological racial signals that suggest that they are in fact both Chinese families, Japanese families, Filipino families, Guamanian families, Micronesian families, etc. Um, it's really interesting to see how differently uh, people perceive the immigration, quote, crisis, and how willing, like the the first thing that I thought of when I heard about the crisis that made me go, huh, was when um, DeSantis and uh, Abbott started busing people to D.C. and to Chicago uh, and to New York. And even though these are, uh, if you will, um, places that supposedly welcome them, uh, it, it just... Hey, Google, what are the name of uh, some cities that are safe for uh, undocumented immigrants? Here's a summary from the website Lears.org. Berkeley, CA, Los Angeles, California, Napa, CA, San Francisco, California, Santa Ana, California, Watsonville, CA, Aurora, Colorado, Denver, Colorado, and more. I also found an answer to this question. What is a safe haven city? Do you want to hear it? Yes. On the website ca.gov, they say, safe havens are local educational agencies, LEAS, which include school districts, county offices of education, and direct funded charter schools that have committed themselves to reassuring students, parents, and educators that everyone is welcome on school sites, regardless of immigration status. Hey Google, what are Hawaiian ancient Hawaiian sanctuaries? On the website hawaiiansanctuary.com, they say, in ancient Hawaii, during times of war, wounded warriors and civilians could be protected from harm when they escaped to a place of refuge called Puahanua. People also ask me, what is ancient Hawaii best known for? Want to hear the answer? No. All right. So, again, when I hear about sanctuary cities, I think about uh, places of refuge in Hawaii where... Um, in ancient Hawaii, if you can make it. And, and we have the same trope in uh, the Western world, where 
if you can make it to a cathedral or if you can make it to a church, you can um, have a place of refuge um, by, you know, by or, or be getting to an embassy. Uh, if you are a foreign national, if you can get to your embassy, you can return to a place of refuge, which is a safe plot of land from your mother nation, where you will be safe from the um, from the laws of your host country. Uh, so, like, I would love, oh my God, I'm such an asshole. I would love to see Abbott and um, and and DeSantis to uh, pool money and send a thousand um, refugees to Napa. If Napa is officially, if Napa officially calls itself a sanctuary city, then wouldn't they be happy? Napa? Napa is awesome. Napa has, you know, um, it has um, uh, Newsom's um, French Laundry. Like, it, it, it's, 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 it's basically California's version of Martha, Martha's Vineyard. So I really don't know why they're not sending uh, a thousand, uh, an entire um, queue, a, an entire long line, whatever the term is, of, of buses directly to Napa Valley where they can then be, uh, they can find a place of refuge. And, you know, I don't know if this is true, but everybody says that the Biden administration by dark of night distributes the migrants, the immigrants, uh, the refugees around the country anyway as a way of being able to wait out their court process. But when the people of Martha's Vineyard say things like, we do not have the resources, we do not have the processing places, we do not have the places to stay, um, that uh that some place like you know mass like like Boston or or Chicago or New York or DC has like the obvious question that comes even to a simple mind is that's because you haven't had to deal with it if pe- people tend to build resources in direct response to the needs of the resources by saying it's inappropriate to send refugees to Martha's Vineyard because we do not have the uh, physical resources, the physical place to house anybody, or or any types of social services that can support uh, an onslaught of 50 or 48 people, it says that you need to start developing those resources because this isn't going to end. So one would say that receiving a, a constant influx of new migrants to Martha's Vineyard will result in them developing the strategies, the resources, and so forth. Because if if it's not in your backyard, you, you don't have any resources for it. You don't have to spend any more than the sign that says, in this house, we accept all races, all sexualities, all beliefs, all understandings, asterisk, asterisk, except for uh, super magas and except for maga republicans. Um, this response, like if I were to be one of these, um, one of these places of refuge, one of these sanctuary cities or one of these rich enclaves, I would completely, completely just pretend that it's no worries. Keep it coming. Like the, 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 
the largesse and you can't just say we have a we have a, a housing crisis in Martha's Vineyard when you know for a fact that uh, each home has 20 bathrooms and 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 14 and 14 uh, bedrooms and uh, how every home is completely empty during off season uh, to say that there's not enough um, places for 50 people to be when during the height of the season the population blows up to a quarter million people in the summer is completely not only is it hypocritical not only is it anything else but it's bad optics and it's a complete lie um honestly the here's the bullying 101 if i bully you and you respond radically and completely freak the hell out then you're a mark if you punch me in the nose or if you walk away nonplussed or if you snark something back at me and shut me down then i'm not going to come back to you but if you completely have a pissy fit urinate yourself start hyperventilating and cry there's a pretty good chance that the that the bully is going to come back uh to to your pastures again i mean there's nothing more amusing than clowning someone and having them respond badly to it so if you have the time to listen to the on the media uh segment that i'm going to include in the podcast notes if you have time, listen to it very carefully. They get into the muck about how how uh, unfair it was, how Martha's Vineyard isn't actually a sanctuary city, how um, it's unfair to throw thousands of migrants um, after they might have been fooled, might have been bait and switched might have there's an entire narrative amongst the right wing where they believe that all of these migrants are funded by George Soros to destabilize the country all of these migrants are being um given cheat cards near the border that uh, even no matter what their intent they have to say the following 15 words which is to say i am a i am a refugee my country was really mean to me i would have died they were going to kill me. I'm leaving for political reasons. Uh, please be a sanctuary for me. Uh, I have trauma and Venezuela sucks. And they believe that this is completely being manufactured. The conservatives also believe that this is, in fact, a lot of my army friends believe that this is uh, uh, an opportunity for um, what they consider to be actual domestic terrorism from uh from foreign terrorist cells uh through the you know through through the um the southern border like there's all kinds of narratives that your that your that your artless response doesn't even take into consideration so when you freak out when you say it's not fair when you say um the southern border is better set up to handle uh, the refugees when you say they should remain in the, at the borders so that they can go through their judicial process and so on and so forth. The answer is we don't want them in here at all. We don't want them in there 
um, natural judicial process. We don't want them processed at all. We want a wall. We want a, a, a closed border. So anything that you say is just proving to the right that they're right all along, that this is uh, an attempt. Whenever you say you will not replace us, uh, that is a, a really lame attempt to change the words, which is to say, um, we believe that you are importing, and this is in quotes, we believe that you're importing all of these migrants in order to uh, make sure that you have guaranteed democratic voters in red states, etc. That's why the conspiracy about Biden uh, moving people around the country into small rural communities in red states and so forth. One also might easily say that the reason why you're shipping, and this is complete made-up conspiracy theory that I just made up right now, one can say that you're distributing all these migrants around the country if that's what's happening by the Biden administration. One can say that that distribution is to uh, fill all the uh, kitchens, all the domestic services, all the slave labor, the gardeners, uh, the, uh, the, the things that enslaved people do, right? They do, uh, they work the fields, uh, they wait on uh, their wait staff, their cleaners, their fry cooks, their short order cooks, their people in the background, their garbage men, they clean up streets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like if, if, if migrants are being used and then leveraged for their lack of documentation and then send into, into uh, rural areas um, to, you know, work poultry farms, to work uh, um, s- strawberry farms, to, to work grape farms, to work uh, fruit tree farms, etc., then that's just, that's a terrible thing. Also, finally, I wonder, uh, I was just thinking about uh, Cubanos and the, the extremely socially and fiscally conservative Cubanos who are in, uh, from Habana, who, uh, who were boat people in the 70s and 80s. Um, and, hey, Google, when were there boat people from Cuba? I don't know, but I found these results on search. Cuban boat people. According to Wikipedia, the Mariel boat lift, Spanish, Exodo del Mariel, was a mass emigration of Cubans who traveled from Cuba's Mariel Harbor to the United States between the 15th of April and the 31st of October 1980. The term Marielito, plural, Marielitos, is used to refer to these refugees in both Spanish and English. So these people were fleeing communism, and a lot of people said that um, uh, that um, the... Cuban communists, uh, Castro, it's at all at the time were emptying political uh, prisons and criminal prisons, and then sending these people away in boats. And now, that's always what they say, right? They say that that's what's happening in Central and South America, and that all we're getting is people who are 
who uh, do not fit well into the communities and then are being shunned and threatened to uh, leave and uh, end up on our shores. I don't believe that. I mean, my entire community is Salvadorans and I'm on Duolingo all the time because I desperately want to be able to speak better Spanish with them. I adore them. Um, one of my uh, closest posse here really wants me to move down to Guatemala and find myself una novia. Um, and we'll see about that. It doesn't sound bad. But I need una novia like I need, um, like um, uh, a fish needs a bicycle. So I'm into it. Come on, come all, come on. I don't, I don't care. I mean, it could be, you know, 90% Latino in North America, and I'm cool with that. That just means that the uh, Spanish imperialism uh, won over British imperialism. Uh, but still imperialism. If you think about it, uh, most of the people who come up from Central and South America were the result of, uh, of people uh, of the, you know, Spanish imperialism. And, um, and so, hell, it's just imperialism. Uh, if you've ever thought, uh, that Central and South America, including Mexico, weren't imperialist nations, you need to go and find yourself some rich Mexicanos or some rich Ar Argentinas or rich Peruvians and so forth. And you'll see blonde hair, blue eyes, blonde hair, blue eyes, money, you know, to toros gringos. And you'll realize that uh, the aristocracy of all of your home of, uh, of poor, impoverished, brown uh, Latinx people are in fact uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, people who are the descendants of of the um, of the El Conquistadors, <clears throat> and uh, but that's not neither here nor there. Um, oh, I completely derailed myself with my crazy rant. I don't mind. I just think that it's really important when uh, trying to see how optics affect everything and to see how um, protesting to... You know, trying to... You never... If you ever watched any episodes of Family Guy or Simpsons or any of the other cartoons... Uh, and, hey, Google... What was the adult cartoon about uh, the the family in Texas? I don't know, but I found these results on search. Thank you. What was King of the Hill about? King of the Hill is an American sitcom that aired from 1997 to 2010 and starred Mike Judge, Johnny Hardwick, and Pamela Adlon. Hey, Google, what is the plot of King of the Hill? On the website imdb.com, they say, Hank Hill, a propane gas salesman in the fictional town of Arlen, Texas, is often besieged by the idiosyncrasies of society, but finds some serenity in his home life with his wife, substitute Spanish teacher Peggy, his awkward son Bobby, and his live-in niece-in-law Luan Plata. People also sometimes ask me, 
Does King of the Hill have an ending? Do you want to hear the answer? No. Okay, then. So my point is, is, you know, in any teen comedy or any 80s comedy or any 90s comedy, any kind of comedy, uh, when the uh, when the bully is responded to by the National Merit Scholar, no matter how vigorous and rigorous and no matter how much of a of a of a kill shot the academic and intellectual uh counterpoint is to the bullying um the only response that the uh, bully has to do is nerd all you have to do is call someone who argues too much and is too defensive and whose face turns bright red and who's flapped and completely freaked out all you got to do is call them a wuss and they're completely crumpled. And most of the United States right now is responding to what is very objectively funny as hell, which is, you know, uh, Abbott and DeSantis uh, pawning and dunking on places that are like, we need National Guard. Please take these 50 people and bring them to the military base. We don't have resources for this, even though we're a wealthy enclave where Obama has a house, a huge house. We're the victims here. By the way, we're going to sue you for doing this because you were taking advantage of poor, poor victim, traumatized um, Latin American refugees and immigrants who, by the way... Um, had to walk from Venezuela, right? Had to walk from uh, Nicaragua. Had to, and that's like completely through Mexico. And you know, um, and I know that you can't. I, I don't think you can. You know, you can't walk from Colombia. I know for a fact that uh, there's a, a gap uh, between. Uh, South America and Central America, but let's just go with that narrative, and um, and I do realize that uh, most people who live here uh, illegally are uh, are people who overstay their visas, but nobody ever seems to care about them. I mean, half my Uber drivers reveal that they overstayed their welcome here uh, because of they overstayed their visa. Um, that doesn't seem to bother anybody. And that seems to filter very well into society. I think that there seems to be a, uh, a classist uh, response to a flood of what's considered un un unwashed masses versus uh, people who are wealthy enough to fly here on a visa with a passport. I think that seems to make people feel less uh, flustered when someone had the monetary and intellectual capacity to uh, get a passport and make make uh, international fare and all those other things. So there seems to be a classist mentality there, uh, and it's easier, um, optically speaking, to paint these people who are coming here from Central and South America not as migrants, not as refugees, not as people of compassion, but almost um, dehumanize them and paint them as quasi a zombie horde, a zombie flood.
and I think if you were to touch the id and the uh, the ape brain and the the uh, reptile brain of most Americans, that's what they uh, that's what they reverberate with. They reverberate with a flood of of zombies who desperately only want to eat brains, and whatever the brains are, whether it's um, who knows, it could be you know any number of things. Each person could have their own concept of what they're afraid. Uh, this uh, zombie horde would want to take from them. Um, but anyway, okay, I, I think I brain dumped. I think I'm out of juice. I will stop and then I will come back and close everything out. Please contact me. I would love to talk to you and I'm really glad that you're here and I love you long time. Adios.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I think that this is Season 4, Episode 16. Um, and my name's Chris Abraham. I'm Chris at ChrisAbraham.com. I am Chris at Abraham.su. I am plus one two zero two three five two five zero five one. That's my text. That's my phone. Uh, you can WhatsApp me. You can Telegram me. You can signal me. Um, Snapchat, I kind of took off my phone because I just don't get it because I'm old. Instagram.com slash Chris Abraham, YouTube.com slash Chris Abraham. If YouTube doesn't uh, three strike me and destroy my channel forever. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Chris Abraham. Uh, Twitter.com slash Chris Abraham. LinkedIn.com slash in slash Chris Abraham. And Calendly.com slash Chris Abraham slash 15. And that's it. Uh, hasta luego, hasta mañana. Uh, merci beaucoup. Uh, a demain, a bientôt. Uh, tschüss, um, auf Wiedersehen. Uh, tschüssi. Um, hasta. And um, goodbye and I love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Chris Abraham Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time.